We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. We got at Nate Geary Sports. And uh, Nate says, Merry Christmas to everyone except for Tom Brady who is probably watching his own documentary with his family this morning. Sports Talk Saturday. We were watching the highlights of last year's Super Bowl, which we won, but we weren't watching a <laughs> <the> documentary. <laughs> Does Nate actually play sports? Emotional damage. On WGR. You good? Not little yes. Okay. He died of emotional damage. Sports Radio 550. One of the things that will never not be funny about that, Zach, that... that whole Tom Brady thing is that in a moment he's kind of laughing off the tweet right like huh like why would I make my kids watch my documentary <laughs> we did watch the Super Bowl win though that's the thing like I mean like come it's, on, it's not better come on Tom like I'm help me help you sort of thing here you know like come on Tom Brady first of all I mean, that, that will be probably one of my highlights of my, you know, social media. Uh, my social media era will probably be highlighted by my tweet being read off on Tom Brady's podcast and then Tom Brady asking if I play sports. Essentially asking, is Nate athletic? Does Nate know anything about sports? Does, you know, like not that I would expect him to know that I was a backup Division three quarterback. I, I wouldn't want him. He could just Googled it. Is that number one for you? Or, do you, or, or like, or is there even a close second? Really, I think that's got to be number one. But is there a close second? Um, doesn't feel like it. it doesn't the, the Wolf of Wall Street tweeted at me? That one's pretty good. That one's good pretty one. good. Jordan Belfort. That's good. That's Jordan Belfort. That um, yeah. Other than that, I don't know. Tom Brady's kind of like the mecca of sports, so probably well, not. Especially of him calling you unathletic, which like Tom. I mean, you, the most you got is like six four. Pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, like, come yeah. on, bud. Yeah, yeah, we get it, we get it. All right, everybody, well, good morning. Uh, me, Nate Geary, I'm back. It's been a two-week hiatus for me. I was on vacation last week. Uh, vacation, I was at a bachelor party in Miami. It was pretty fun, actually. You know, I had had some fun in the sun, uh, was on a boat. That was cool. Did some jet skiing. That was cool. Did some drinking. That was cool-ish uh, in the sun, which is not it, all that it's cracked up to be, by the way, drinking in the sun. I used to be able to and used to enjoy drinking in the sun. It, and, you know... There's another thing. Drinking in the sun and music. Zach, how old are you? 23? I'm 24. You're 24. Um, I don't want to tell you for like for certain that 30 is this cutoff age. But because I want to say that drinking in the sun was probably like 26 for me where that just stopped being a viable option. And it's really like you have a couple of beverages, you're in the sun, and all of a sudden that headache takes over like that I'm in the sun I'm warm I'm sweating and I don't have enough H2O in me so now like white claw take the wheel kind of thing and it's not really you know great for you to be in the sun dehydrating yourself and then you know trying to replenish yourself with some sort of alcoholic seltzer it's not a it's not really like nine out of ten dentists wouldn't recommend you do that I I, I wouldn't recommend it now I didn't like it at 21 but listen like at when you're young, you can you can sort of overcome those things, right? Like you, not necessarily. You, you can quickly. rally. You, you can, can rally. rally. That's right. See that that's it's the kind of vocabulary I would expect a 24 year old to come back at me with some some rally uh, vocabulary. So I appreciate that. But there's this other thing, and I was thinking about this on the way in, and I, I'm sure you are young enough, but old enough 
to have had iPods at some point in your oh, life, yeah. right? Like, oh, you, you yeah. had an iPod. Fundamental to my okay, childhood. Okay, right. Okay, so I don't know what age, like, there was the cutoff of, I have an iPhone. That's the same thing. I have, my iPhone is my iPod. But there was a time in most of our lives, our adult lives, anyone that's my age, a little bit older and a little bit younger, I think that's probably a six-year buffer each way, maybe a little bit more than that, but that you had an iPod and a phone. Your MP3 player was not your phone. You had a couple of songs on that you might use as your ringback tone. Remember those? Your ringback tone, Zach? No. Um, But there's a certain point in your life where you stop listening to new music. The only oh, new yeah. the yeah. only new music you listen to is music from the artists you already listen to if they're still by chance making music still. Right? So for me, you know like I like Mo, Joe myself, uh, a couple other like we're big John Mayer guys. John Mayer's still making new music. That's the new music that I'm sort of exposed to nowadays. A perfect example of this is John Mayer did his new song and a a a, a young woman named Marin Morris was on his song and I had heard of her but I don't want to say that I've ever heard her sing or know what she sounds like or hear heard any of her songs, right? So I'm being exposed to new music strictly because of the people that I've been listening to for most of my, like, teen-slash-adult life. However, I'm being exposed to that it's just because they are around them or featuring them in music. I am an old soul in this way, Zach, is I really kind of am, like, like 80s synthesizer, late 70s, and 90s grunge. That's kind of my... And then the 2000s weird, like, emo-y, but little, not little really... punk rock right, kind of punk, deal. exactly. And, like, then, you know, I got into Dave Matthews and John Mayer, and those are sort of, like, my modern-day listens. Otherwise, I just don't listen to new music. So, for me, when I'm driving in my car and I'm going to Sirius XM or something, right, or flipping on AM, FM radio, it's tough for me, right? So I, I just, like, I kind of just listen to the same music in my car all the time, like kind of the exact same songs over and over again. So my girlfriend is very different in this. She's the same age as me. She's a, well, she would like to tell you she's several months younger than me, but she is still going to be 30 this year, so she's still old like me. Um, she listens to new music. She likes a lot of the EDM and uh, what 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 would be the other word to describe it though? Like um, it's not. If I say the T word, I'm gonna sound really old. It's, it's not, not techno, techno, but it's as close as it's, it's gonna going, get. Saying the word techno is the easiest way to find out what part of the '90s you were born in. Yeah. And unfortunately, I am the the very left spectrum of the '90s, which is '91. Okay, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. You can I'm, legitimately call yourself a '90s baby. I could call myself a '90s baby, and I could say the word techno, and people will know exactly when I was born. So that is what it is. So, um, electronic, I think, is really. And I, again, I, I've been to an electronic show because she likes it, so I go, and I'm like, uh, it's not, not for me. It's like the last thing I want to go. Right, through. like it's like one of those things where I want to get those noise canceling earbuds that can play music, but then also cancel it. And then just like listen to Dave Matthews while I'm there. And I'm like, you know, kind of like. Oh, go to one of those shows where like everyone's got the headphones on and they're listening to their own music. Like a silent disco. Those also are very weird. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. (laughs) I digress. Where I was going with this whole conversation today is, you know, kind of in this recognizing that I don't really like any new music and I don't like new things. It's part of the reason why I'm so enamored with the team's and the players, like we're watching the PGA Championship today, Tiger Woods, right? I mean, Tiger Woods is, in terms of athletes, probably my favorite athlete growing up. My dad is not a fan of Tiger Woods, so he always kind of gives me crap about when I'm really excited about Tiger Woods doing well or being at a tournament and, and making a cut, right? So it's the nostalgia thing for me. I, it's the same way I feel about the Warriors. I was talking about this with some folks. For whatever reason, Sabres Twitter was all riled up about my tweet yesterday about the Warriors. Right? The Warriors going to win another championship. And and I and, and and one of my buddies, Ben Ben Matheson, on 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 Twitter, you know, was like, "Yeah, I mean, the Warriors are cool." And I'm like, "Yeah, like the Warriors to me aren't a villain, and they're probably going to be after they win it this year." Which I don't see. A, I, I'm just not seeing a scenario where they don't win. I I really listen. Boston's a great team in the East. 
Miami's an interesting team. Miami really should win that series because they're a far deeper team. But Boston, well, I shouldn't say that. Boston's pretty damn deep too. But Boston is a little bit bigger and still equally as athletic as as Miami is. And like everyone in that lineup can defend. Where Miami's got some guys you throw in the lineup. That's the reason Duncan Robinson has played like 18 minutes the entire playoff series or the in this entire, the entire playoffs, playoffs yeah. he can't defend uh, Tyler Hero who's the sixth man of the year I mean he can't defend he was Awful. minus 32 the other night minus 32 when he was on the court so like he can't play defense whereas you throw five guys any five guys on the court for Boston and every single one of them can defend any single one of them can go for 20 plus and like that's a really nice lineup but the Warriors Zach to me are probably one of the coolest stories in basketball they have a number one overall pick who's just not playing for them he's injured yeah no one talks about james wiseman at all number one overall pick basically useless. three years ago yeah this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs two straight years the coach one of the most likable oh absolutely absolutely where do you fall on the? because here's the here's the controversial thing where you fall on draymond green I find him incredibly entertaining, and I think I he too. speaks for most people I like our him a age. Lot. I would say, yeah, I would say our age, he more speaks for us. He's a huge trash talker, which yes. is like 50% of the reason why I love basketball. Yep. He's a whiner. It, he's a whiner. I think most professional most basketball are, players yeah. are just because you, you're all playing to the refs. Everybody is. The coach, the assistant, the players, yep. the bench, the guy that literally has never played a minute, he's whining to the ref. Everybody does. And the fans. fans the fans are notorious. Uh, my only issue with Draymond is I know he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. He will be a yes, Hall of Famer. that's right. And it's going to feel weird. Like, you'll look at his stat line and go, why? Well, it's probably because he doesn't, he's, he's not, he's not he's a not guy a scorer that, he's not all. a scorer. And I think historically you need, or you want the feeling of like, that guy can go off for 40. That's, that's what makes yeah. him a Hall of Famer. I think it also doesn't help him that the team he will be known for, and I think the team he'll never doesn't leave, he'll, he'll retire a warrior. Doesn't actually have to score. Yeah, but it's like... Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, like known for shooting, so known for scoring, and he's just the guy that didn't. That conversation goes to like, can a role player, like a true role player, which is what he is, like maybe the epitome, the definition of a role player, can that guy be a Hall of Fame player? And it depends on how play, how well you play your role. And I think Draymond plays his role better than anybody in this oh, he's era. Oh, at it. He's at this era, and every once in a while you see him pull up for three, but like you'll watch him take the ball at the top of the key. And he's not a threat to score whatsoever. No, not even a he's little He's looking bit. to facilitate. Yeah. He's looking to, you know, get somebody off of, off of a set screen and set them up with a good pass to hit three. Curry, Thompson. To be but fair, Jordan, though, I think that's really why I liked his personality because his personality yeah. fits his play. I'm going to take all of the pressure off everybody else because right. it's all on me. That's right. And, and he I loves can, it. And I can be a guy that fouls out with three minutes left in the game, and that's okay. And and listen, I mean, Kayvon Looney has been such a good bench player for the Golden State Warriors for several years now, but he's sort of taken a step because the league has sort of gone towards centers like him that can move, that can shoot a little bit, uh, that can rebound, but can move around. That isn't just a statue. The Hassan Whitesides of the world just aren't. That's not where the league is going. Yeah, you, you can't be seven feet tall. You can't really and be Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I mean, you can't. Utah's never going to win anything with Rudy Gobert. No, sorry. they're not. And also, I mean, like they 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 really do need to pick Donovan Mitchell in that situation. Not yeah, to like yeah. get off that point, but like he, they but he, need to choose he, Mitchell. He may not want to be around. I, oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't Give me to New York as fast as possible. Love that idea. Um, but where I'm going with this whole Warriors conversation, I know, right? At Buffalo Radio Station. Hey, what are you doing? Starting your show talking about the NBA. I the NBA. Has is a little bit more accessible to me right now than the NHL playoffs are. Like last night, ten thirty, ten forty five. Is that? Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Easily the most entertaining series. Now I get it. Time zones are time zones, and I none of us can change that. It's the playoffs. But like a little bit, like change you, just you a tad. Start, you could start it at six local time. Yeah. You could I, start a game at six local time. I, I I can't stay up for it. I mean, like Bulldog. No. Bulldog tweeted this morning too. He stayed up for it. And he's a you can't do he's that having a rough week. morning. Can't do it during the week. Oh, absolutely and not. And like, I don't know. I just it's too late. It's your, it's the it's the league's best player. Put him in a primetime slot. Yeah, compete against the NBA. It's okay to compete against the NBA. It's okay. You guys are on the same networks. Yeah, you can ultimately, compete. it's going to be fine. It's fine. Um, so it just to me, the NBA has been a little bit more accessible to me. Yesterday, that game, the Warriors Mavs game, ended. And it was the start of the second period for that game. And that's just like, I'm going to bed. This game's over. I'm going to bed. 
So the accessibility of the NBA, now the NBA playoffs have not been good. Been mostly blowouts, which kind of sucks, if I'm being honest. Like, I, it's funny because the other night, um, there must have been live things scheduled, but then like the NHL and the NBA, all the first round NHL games and all the second round NBA games had been completed. So ESPN was just playing back um, the last dance. And I'm sure you've seen the documentary, right? The Last Dance. Michael Great documentary. Jordan. Fantastic. My girlfriend's actually very much into it. Uh, we watched four of the five episodes kind of in a row. We were just sitting there. And watching the the Last Dance and watching those playoff series and watching literally, you know, especially the 98, nine, or the 96, 97, 98, 99 Bulls, like those teams – the dominance at the ages that those guys were playing at, particularly Michael Jordan. And then not as much the first run, but the I retired, I'm playing baseball, but the baseball lockout, and now I'm coming back to, to basketball. By the way, I don't think we talk enough about Michael Jordan. Had that baseball lockout, had baseball not had done its baseball thing, Michael Jordan probably doesn't come back to the NBA. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he does. I, there, there's a lot with that situation. We'll have so some people much. believing that he was just suspended for 18 months because of gambling. Which is definitely not a thing. Definitely not a thing. But then I think you're right on that, where if, if baseball if doesn't he, pull the most baseball move ever, he probably Michael does Jordan's just flounder in the at, minor league leagues for years there's Terry Francona's in that uh because Terry Francona is the double a manager of Michael Jordan which by the way is insane to me just uh the the obscurity in the sports names that have come in contact with Michael Jordan are just insane to me but um watching every series now there were sweeps they swept I mean, basically anyone in the first round was kind of Oh, it was Charlotte. So the year before, Charlotte, that was when Jordan came back at the end of the 96 season, 97 season maybe, came back in March after after baseball went into a lockout. He comes back, finishes the playoff run, but he's dead. They end up losing to Charlotte in that series, the Hornets. And the next year is when they sweep the Hornets on their way to their first of their their first three-peat, or their second three-peat, right? So... That year, that's the year that they play Indiana and Reggie, Reggie Miller in the Eastern Conference Final. And every game of that Eastern Conference Final is coming down to a final shot. Like, whether it's Reggie Miller hitting the final shot, whether it's Jordan hitting the final shot, or Steve Kerr hitting the final shot. Like, that, I think the NBA is missing that a little bit right now. We yeah, don't have, mm-hmm. like, what Luka has done in this playoff, Luka's probably right now oh, it's with Jason Tatum, yeah. the two best players in basketball. They're yeah. the future of basketball. Luka's 23. Jason Tatum's 23. These guys are, they're four years away from their prime. Well, I mean, like this thing, like Michael Jordan didn't win his first title, I want to say, till he was 28. Yeah. LeBron, I believe, is 27. Or I, I, I maybe flipped for those two, but like. Luca's already in a Western Conference Finals. I don't believe he'll win. I'm with you Luka's on that. I think team I think Golden is State, not very good. I like three players on that team total. They're not that good. Yeah, they're not good. But he's transcendent, and he, that's what happens. He's a historically great player. And one of the one of the best shooters I've ever seen. I think what is it? I, I just saw the stat this morning. It was um for how many points he had or whatever in the playoffs. It's literally him, Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan. That's it. That's it. Just historic. And Jason Tatum. I mean, you could say the same thing. Jalen Brown's elevated to a I think a legitimate bona fide like he's a he's a true number two on a team yes um and then you know Grant Williams is great and they got a ton of great role Mar- players. Marcus Smart's an unbelievable Marcus defensive Smart, player Marcus Smart is the guard version of Draymond Green absolutely so yep. um where I'm going with this is I just think like the NBA when you go back and you watch the last dance and you watch the late 90s in the NBA you know the the Jazz and Carl Malone and John Stockton and you got obviously the Bulls with Pippen and Kerr and and Michael Jordan and you start to look around and all these games are coming down to one player always doing the thing. And the playoffs this year have been a little disappointing because you're just kind of getting blowouts for the most part. There's not a lot of close games at the end. You know, even even that that game one against Miami and Boston, you have... But this thing, I mean, like, teams will be down... And then they'll be blown out. That and they, or you have the the inverse of that yesterday, where Dallas is up by nineteen at one point yeah. against Golden State, and that's kind of, in one sense, the really cool thing about a lot of these teams right now at the end is how well they shoot the three. They're never 
actually out of it. All four teams that are remaining. As long as you're not down like 25. But even so, you would say, an announcer would say you can never say they're out of it because of the guys that they have that can shoot the three. And I mean, Dallas is the same way right now. I mean, throughout their entire lineup, guys can, I mean, uh, their, uh, was it Klaber? Their... Uh, oh, like their six eleven center can shoot if, from if everywhere. If he's open, he's shooting. Can it shoot every from time. everywhere. Luca uh, Spencer Dinwiddie can shoot. Uh, Jalen Brunson shoots a lot, but I don't think he should. But he can hit threes. Um, and then you, you know you look at Miami. I mean, Duncan Robinson's their ninth guy in the bench right now. He's led the league in in, in three point percentage. Um, Tyler Hero can shoot from three. Jimmy Butler in the playoffs has shot well from three. Um, Boston. Every single person in their lineup can shoot a three. Um, and then, obviously, you have Golden State, who now has Jordan Poole, which sort of feels unfair um, because now they have they have the slashing guard that can drive and dish. And that's as scary of a thing for a team with two of the best shooters of all time. Wait, I mean, yeah, they finally got an athletic guard. They, they, like, they, as much as they love their guard tandem, and they should. That's right. They finally have that a guy true that's true penetrator. Like, yeah, they can just fly out and of nowhere. Can fly, can shoot, can defend 3 and D, but also be a guy that can penetrate. So, like, overall, the NBA playoffs have been a little disappointing because there hasn't been that that constant, like, Seven game series where four of four of the games are decided by a, a last second shot or a last second miss or something. So I think that's kind of from an entertainment value perspective what the NBA is missing. And then the NHL right now, like, yeah, I would love to watch more Edmonton Calgary. It's just not very accessible to me at times that I can sit down and watch a two and a half hour broadcast. It's just it's not a great situation considering right now. That is probably as enter- that's probably where the NHL would love to be is high scoring, high octane, whatever. That's some of the worst goaltending I've ever seen. Oh, it's bad. It's some bad. of the worst goaltending I've ever seen. I, I love a good nine to six game as much as everybody, but well, at some point you gotta look at the goalies and go, guys, you gotta stop something. I mean, at what point what was Edmonton up uh no, Calgary was up six to two. Yeah. Edmonton roars back to go yeah. uh, to tie it up six six. And then we still have three more goals to be scored. I like that. Mm. Someone's got to figure that out. Yeah, somebody's got to figure it out because you're not you're not winning a cup like that. Absolutely not. Edmonton's by the way, if, if we're just being honest, I mean Edmonton's never winning a cup. So no, Connor McDavid's going to be a player that I think we're going to look back in five five to ten years a lot like the Alex Ovechkin saga, where it's just constant. Please, dear Lord, someone trade for him. Have him leave Edmonton. Something to get him a cup. And you hope he has a run with Edmonton, but you kind of know it won't you happen. Just, you kind of you kind of know in your heart of hearts it's yeah. not happening. Yeah, because like Washington winning a cup with Ovechkin is one of like the cooler moments of, in sports yeah. for me. Because I'm like, I never thought that would happen. No, and never in a million years. He's, I don't know. Weirdly, like Ovechkin's never been like a a villain to me. Like where this no. conversation about. Golden State being a villain or not being a villain, like I've just never viewed them for as dominant as they've been over this decade. Now they missed the playoff two two times over the last couple of years because of injuries. Um, but that's a team. That's a team because of the Durant era. You would say like is probably should be a villain. Yeah, but then even Durant was like, yeah, I mean, I I can't do this long term. I can kind of like overlook the Durant era I, I just have. because they they won titles before he showed up. And yeah, and, I, I've and completely to be fair, overlooked like, it. What are they supposed to say? No. Yeah. I've, I completely overlooked it. I don't care. It doesn't bother no, me. No, I don't care. And here's the reason why is probably because Durant, I know, will probably is never winning a championship away from Golden State. And that's my th- like, man, his legacy is going to be weird. It's going right? to be weird. Like everyone's going to be, be the be greatest like, scorer maybe ever, yeah. and not have a championship Just outside of one of a the super softest superstars yeah. in like sports. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, eight oh three. Oh, that's right. I can't give you the number because you can't call. We have a broken phone line right now. We do have guests. So, uh, Aaron Lemming of CBS uh, Sports, the Bear Report, is going to join us here uh, on the other side. We're going to talk about the Bears because I think they're a really interesting litmus test of you know how you treat a franchise young quarterback. Is he a franchise quarterback? What are they doing to surround Justin Fields in Chicago? We'll talk to Aaron. He's coming up at eleven thirty. Zach Cox of the New England Sports Network. He's going to join us at noon. We gotta talk Patriots. I, I gotta see what's going on in, in, in Zach's land over here because I, I'm just see that NBA, uh, NBC Sports Boston I clip. Did. That's why he's on. I need I need to. Why don't you have that loaded up? By the way, we'll play that before Zach comes on so that people can know what the hell we're talking about. Ty Dunn uh, joins us at 12:30. We're gonna talk a little bit of the Saban Jimbo Fisher feud. Uh, we'll also play some of that for you as well because Jimbo Fisher 
just lit the stage on fire, and I'm not sure it was totally warranted. So we'll talk to Ty Dunn at 12.30. Greg Thompson, Cover 1, joins us at 1. And then uh, Brian Koziel, who will be live at Batavia Downs, I believe, today from 2 to 5. We've got a horse race. Is it the Preakness? Yes, it is. Preakness is this afternoon. So uh, Brian's live from Batavia Downs starting at 2 o'clock right after our show. He joins me at 145. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the PGA Championship. Day 3 uh, getting underway. Will Zell Torres at the top of the leaderboard. So uh, we'll take a timeout. Other side, Aaron Lemming, CBS Sports, The Bear Report. Joining us next on the Western Hotline here on WGR. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Any thoughts on the team being the only team in the NFL to short on a primetime game? That's awesome. One o'clock games. It's awesome. One o'clock. You knock them out, you go home, you get ready for the next opponent. You're not waiting all day in the hotel, all night, you know, and then you go up. Now you're on a short week, it feels like, so I got no problem, you know. And by the way, you can get flexed 5 to 15, so, so who says we can't get flexed? That voice you're hearing uh, right there was Lions coach Dan Campbell, you know, the guy, the kneecaps guy that uh, talked about Wanting to bite some kneecaps, I think it was. Biting kneecaps. Something along those lines. We've got Aaron Lemming. He's going to be joining us here in just a few moments. And, um, you know, funny enough, when we started talking this week, or well, and by we, I, I, I guess I should be more specific, my co-host partner, Bruce Nolan, uh, who I do a Friday night podcast live with every night, uh, or every Friday night, I should say, he and I uh, were talking a little bit about the NFC East. And one of the funny things about the NFC East right now is how sort of oddly it's hard, it seems like it's hard to predict what's going to happen in the NFC East, or I'm sorry, the NFC North, because the Green Bay Packers have been a team that has dominated that division for a long time. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, it's basically been Green Bay with a couple of sprinkled in Minnesota Vikings seasons. Otherwise, the Bears, Jay Cutler a little bit. Um, the Lions have been nothing for the better part of, of three decades. And maybe really their entire existence. But I guess where I'm going with that is the Lions have a real legitimate shot to win that division. Um, they may be the best, the, the team with the best opportunity to go worst to first than any team right now in the NFL. Um, and that happens at least one time every year. Like, I don't think Houston's that team. I don't think you know, Zach and I were just saying, like, maybe that team is someone like the Baltimore Ravens, who probably is in the best overall position or the, the best team that finished last in their division last year. But, like, 
that's a team that plays in arguably the the hardest division right now in the NFL. So I'm not sure you can guarantee or, or think about who has the best opportunity just based on like what the rest of the division's doing. Um, like it's kind of hard to it's it, it's hard to necessarily assign. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I think. Um, mm, hold on, we got to uh, got some fun. We're having some fun stuff this morning. Truthfully, we're having a really really good time. Also, Tiger Woods triple bogeyed, by the way. So, PGA Championship. Yeah, yeah. PGA Championship is not going to plan. I'm just happy he made the cut, truthfully. I'm just, I'm very thrilled he made the cut. But after that, I think, I don't, I don't know. I'm, he's a mentally tough athlete. I mean, maybe the most mentally tough athlete ever. But at a certain point, it's like, maybe I wouldn't, I just, I call I it watched a day. him. I watched him this morning, um, kind of warming up in a sand trap, and he kind of took a, he took a false step and he almost fell. And it was one of those things where you're watching him thinking like, man, uh, I hope this dude isn't overdoing it. Like I would love to see him continue playing in majors and continue seeing him play in, in, in events. And, you know, I think for me, it's like, just, just, just don't get hurt, man. I, I, I want to continue watching you play. All right, let's go to the Western hotline now. And, uh, uh, Zach, can, can you pull him up? Because I don't think I have a thing over here. We're, we're having a good time. All right. Uh, Aaron Lemming here joining us on the West Her Hotline. Aaron covers the Bears for the CBS Sports Bears Report. Aaron, uh, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, I appreciate your uh, your time on a Saturday morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. No, my pleasure. I um, Listen, you know, the for me, the Chicago Bears have been sort of an interesting storyline, probably for the wrong reasons this offseason, just not doing enough really to surround their young quarterback, who I think a lot of people are infatuated with, the athleticism and the ability to spin the football like Justin Fields has, to feel like going into year two, that there's a lot of similarities between how this team built or lack of building around Mitch Trubisky and then letting him go and letting him walk and re sort of doing this whole thing again and letting a lame duck head coach and general manager draft another quarterback just for you to kind of do all of the same things. Where is sort of like, if I put my finger on the pulse of bears fans, is it as critical within the fan base as it seems to be in the national media? Because right now it kind of is in vogue to just trash the bears. Well, I think, you know, the, the the fan base is split, right? You know, and, and this is something, you know, anybody who is involved with Bears Twitter would, you know, understand. You're either basically in the boat of you have to trust Ryan Poles and everything he does, regardless if you like it or not, or you can actually, you know, be critical of the team and, and realize, you know, the national media isn't just spinning up some random narrative. I mean, you pointed out the stuff with Trubisky and, you know, their failure to – him with proper talent, but I mean, even if you look back just to the 2018 offseason, right, when they went 12-4, and four, made the playoffs, they went out and they signed Allen Robinson, right? They went out and, you know, the year before they drafted Cody White here. They also signed Taylor Gabriel. Um, you know, they, they made a multitude of different moves. Uh, Trey Burton, they actually went out and going into Trubisky's year two, tried to surround him with talent. I mean, they even drafted Anthony Miller in the second round, which obviously did end up working out. But you you kind of look at what they're doing right now with uh, with, uh, with Justin Fields, and I, I think the biggest concern for a lot of people, including myself, is it's like, okay, you know, you can, you can throw out subpar receiving talent, right? I mean, Darnell Mooney's probably going to, like, I know some people view him as the number one. I think he's going to be more of a number two. I mean, he had a thousand yards last season, but then after that, you don't really have a lot, but I think the biggest concern right now has to be the offensive line. I mean, looking at the offensive line, one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year, and the only differences right now is the fact that they replaced Sam Mustafer at center with Lucas Patrick, but then they let James Daniels go, who's 25 years old, and if the season was to start today, it's a, there's a very good chance that Dakota Dozier is starting at right guard. So I think when you're looking at trying to put a quarterback, a young quarterback, in a position to succeed, I think the biggest issue is you either have to have the line or you have to have the receiving core. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in a rebuild, like you have to have one of the two. And quite frankly, the Bears haven't done either one this offseason, at least on paper. And I think that's why a lot of people are kind of looking at this saying, what is going on? So they go out and they offer sheet. You know, Ryan Bates, the Bills sort of utility interior offensive lineman. And you and I kind of t- spoke about that when that offer sheet um, was 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 given to Bates. And 
You know, the one thing about Bates, um, Aaron, that I've liked is sort of his versatility to play all five positions across the offensive line. And it really wasn't until injury and necessity that the Bills sort of locked him in at left guard last year. Now, that's going to move around this year. He's likely slotted in as the team starting right guard this year, just kind of speaking to that versatility. But, you know, that's also a player, Aaron, that short of seven games and a couple of playoff games last year, this is not a guy that has necessarily been someone you would maybe view as as a RFA-type tender candidate. Yet the Bears go out and they sign him to a tender that when I looked at it, I didn't really think was overly competitive, was going to put the Bills in a situation where they weren't going to be able to match it, even with the Bills' limited funds available to them. I guess I'm confused. Like If you want to go out and sign, if you're going to go do an offer sheet, you would think you'd want to structure it in a way that the team can't match it. Otherwise, it seems like sort of a weird exercise to do. Yeah, well, and with the with the Ryan Bates thing, it, it seemed like, and again, this is just kind of from, you know, obviously not having spoke with Ryan Bowles or anybody, you know, within the organization, but it seems like a situation where they kind of let – they let everything play out. They let the you know the offensive line market as a whole play out. I mean, they were in on uh, Teron Armstead, but you know it wasn't really anything too crazy. And quite frankly, with a rebuilding team, I don't know how much sense a 32-year-old left tackle that can't play 16 games or 17 games in this case makes. And it seems like they put a lot of their eggs into the Ryan Bates basket. And like you said, yeah, I, I think at least looking at the offer sheet, it looked like they were banking on the fact that it was going to be a longer-term deal. Um, as to why maybe the, the bills wouldn't match. Maybe they say, okay, well, you know, this is because they ended up being what a five-year deal. You have to kind of refresh my memory on that, but it was a longer term. I think most people were expecting like a two-year deal, like a two-year, uh, to say 10 to $12 million deal. And it ended up being the money wasn't really huge, but the, the, the length of the overall contract was, but yeah, like you said, I mean, even with the bills being, you know, tighter against the cap, much tighter than the bears really are. Uh, it still kind of made it one of those situations where, where Bean was able to kind of look at this and say, okay, well, we want this guy, we're going to match it. So, But that just kind of speaks to the overall confusion of the offseason. I mean, yes, they have, you know, when you look at what the Bears are doing, they have a direction. I mean, the direction is, hey, this roster was really bad over the last few years. It was really old. I mean, last year alone they had guys out there starting and playing snaps that shouldn't have been playing. Um, so from that point you see it, but I think when you're, when you're looking at just some of the moves that they made, some of the guys that they've targeted, it just, there, there's a lot of confusion in terms of, I think they, I, I truly do believe that they, they think that Justin Fields can be the guy. I don't think they're, you know, I know there's been some narratives going around that they're, they're basically giving up on him or they're, they're setting him up to fail purposely. I don't think that's, that's it at all, but I think they've taken such a broad approach to this free agency. I mean, if you look at the first move that they went out and made, it was Larry Ogunjobi. They go out and they give him, you know, they give him a three-year deal for almost $13 million or $13.5 million a year. And it's like you're looking at it, it's like, okay, but what about the offensive line? What about receivers? And then you go into the draft, and again, I understand best player available, but your first two picks, you don't have a first-round pick, and your first two round, or your first two picks in the second round are DBs. So, mm-hmm you kind of understand the team building behind it and it's more of a broad approach saying, Hey, we need talent everywhere. But when you look at the swings that they did take and the swings that they essentially missed on with a guy like Ryan Bates, with some of the other players that they, you know, supposedly went after, it's kind of hard to see. It's like what, you know, if you believe in Justin Fields and what, what is, what's going on? Because I mean, I don't think anybody can objectively look at this team on paper and obviously they play the games for a reason, but if you look at this team on paper, I mean, offensively, this is probably a bottom three unit in the league, which is saying something because they they were terrible last year too. Yeah, Aaron Lemming here on the Wester Hotline. He uh, he covers the Chicago Bears for CBS Sports Bear Report and the uh, Windy City Gridiron as well. And Aaron, like I I view what teams. I guess here's the thing because you can believe that there's a certain way that you you sort of rebuild as an organization, and I think if you look. You know, in Detroit, that's an organization that decided, well, yeah, we're going to trade for Jared Goff, but really it's we're trading away Matt Stafford getting multiple first-round picks, and sure, yeah, we'll take Jared Goff in the meantime, whatever. There's, there's really no guarantee that Goff is even that's team starting quarterback after this year. In fact, I would probably bet he won't be. But that's a team that built in the trenches first, and that's sort of what your point here is, right? Like, this is a team that really has, in terms of offensive and defensive lines, 
a lot to that I think they probably need to improve on. And like it feels like this is the time that you do that. Like you don't wait, you don't build up the skilled positions first and draft a quarterback and then not have anything up front in, to, in front of them to protect him. So it just feels like the rebuild process in terms of conventional NFL rebuilds seems to be going in a non-conventional way. Well, and I think it kind of brings up an interesting case study, at least, you know, when looking at the Bears, right? I mean, they have, obviously, the Packers are head and shoulders above any other team in that division, at least in my opinion. But when you look at, let's just say, the Bears and the Lions, right? Two teams that are clearly in a rebuild right now. Now, the Lions, like you pointed out, I mean, they've built in the trenches. I think they've actually done a really good job over the last two years of adding you know, good talent around. I mean, even at receiver, I mean, look at what they did at receiver this year. And, uh, you know, Amon Ross, same Brown last year in the fourth round. I mean, they've, they've done a pretty good job. But I think the big question there, like you pointed out, is Jared Goff is not the future there. Now, they're kind of in a weird position, though, because let's say, and I think that they can actually challenge the Bears for third place this year. I don't think that's out of, you know, out of the realm of possibility at all. So let's just say they went six or seven games they may be putting themselves out of the running without having to trade up for a quarterback versus the Bears, and this is what makes things a little bit more confusing to me, is you might have your quarterback. Obviously, there's no guarantee that Justin Fields is going to work out. I was high on Justin Fields. I think a lot of people were. There were also people who weren't. You know, it's subjective. It is what it is. But at the same time, if you have that quarterback already in place and you believe you do, that is the time to go out and build around him to make him successful. Who cares if the defense is bottom five in the league if, if you have protection for Justin Fields and you can get him some weapons I mean look at look at all the teams around the league obviously there are teams that have good defenses and good offenses I mean the Bills are a prime example of that but this is an offensive league and like you pointed out I mean rebuilds aren't a guaranteed three to five year thing anymore I mean we just watched the Eagles this past year where I don't know where you had them going into 2021 but I didn't have them as a playoff team you know so there's there's just a lot of different ways to build a team, and I think when you're looking at it from the Bears' perspective, again, there's, it's, just, it's, it's a tough situation because I think when you, when you look at it from a cap perspective, they had so many old players. They had so many uh, different guys, even like a guy like Kolo Mack, who's still a good player, but Ryan Pace, their old GM, had kicked the can down the road yeah. so much in terms of their cap space. And it was like they were basically hoping to win eight games or nine games and make it in the playoffs. And unfortunately, Ryan Poles had to come in and kind of pull the Band-Aid off, which I have no issue with. That's great because you look at next year, they're going to have over $100 million in cap space. But the issue is, is you know, coming out of this year, and this is something I actually wrote about the other day, is you have to have foundational pieces to be able to build on. Because if Justin Fields is the guy and you have you know, something more than Darnell Mooney at receiver and you have a few pieces on the offensive line and your defense is in solid shape – then you're looking pretty solid moving into next year. You can have a big offseason. But if none of that pans out, and especially if Justin Fields is put in a position to fail, then you're looking at a position next year. And I know a lot of people say, well, like, well, well if, they're, if they're bad and Justin Fields is bad, they're going to have a top-five pick. They can, they can you know, draft a quarterback again. But, I mean, you know, having followed the Bills and having covered the Bills, you know it's like yeah. usually taking a rookie quarterback, it's going to take a few years to develop that team into a playoff contender again. So – the Bears are kind of teetering on that point right now of, you know, if, if Fields works out and if somehow they did enough and they put enough around him, I think they're in a good position moving forward. But if, if, if Fields is in a bad position, which it looks like on paper, and he does end up failing, which I still don't think he will, but if he does, then all of a sudden you've pushed yourself another two or three years and more of a rebuild even with all the cap space and the resources that, are, that they're going to have next year. I wanted to, I, I think this leads into a, a good kind of final point on the Bears is, you know, player and personnel wise, it seems like a team right now that has sort of left a lot to be desired. And this is not going to be a season where you're going to expect them to compete for a division title. But I guess what I will say is if you don't have the players, it certainly feels like the Bears have assembled a coaching staff, Aaron that could potentially extract more or get the best of a group of players that maybe don't aren't or aren't as talented. I like I look at the at the Lions, Aaron, and you know, you're talking about them competing for third place. Like that's a team that I could look at as a potential worst to first kind of team. I don't know what Green Bay is going to be without Devontae Adams. I don't know what that offense looks like. And, you know, you guys, in terms of what the Bears did to surround Justin Fields with players, with weapons, sure, I, I, I think no, nobody would, would, would argue that they didn't do enough there. But bringing in Luke Getze to be the offensive coordinator, a guy that has 
been the quarterbacks coach for Aaron Rodgers over the last four seasons and was their pass game coordinator last year, I, I think there's probably a lot of optimism around what Getsy could do to get the most out of Justin Fields, even if the talent pool at wide receiver um, maybe isn't the best. Well, and I, and I think that's exactly what they're banking on, and that's why I'm not going to buy into the narrative of, you know, they don't believe in Justin Fields or they're setting him up to fail, because I think when you look at it from a personnel standpoint, I think you can make that argument, but I mean, from what they've done, especially on the coaching staff, I mean, obviously not every single coach that they've hired has been great, but I think with a guy like Luke Getzey, I think he brings you probably the most upside out of any of the offensive coordinators that they had to choose from, and I think that's and that's kind of the thing that Matt Eberflus has talked about. Is he said, you know, this is Luke Getzey and his coaching staff's offense. Like, they're going to build the offense around Justin Fields. And that's something that we saw from, with Matt Nagy. It was the exact opposite. It was, if you don't fit my offense, you better figure out a way to do it. And obviously, I mean, I don't even have to sit here and tell you about the numbers or how bad things looked outside of 2018. I mean, their offense got considerably worse every single year. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value being put into the coaching staff. I think defensively they're going to be fine. I mean, obviously they have some transitional pieces. I think a lot of people tend to forget last year. It's like, yeah, they lost to Keem Hicks. Yeah, they traded away Cleo Mack. But those are two guys that really didn't play that much last year. You know, and it's like obviously they have to figure out what they're going to do with Robert Quinn. But I think offensively, you know, you look at the offensive line coach, right? you got a guy in Chris Morgan who's had, you know, who's had a track record for success uh, going back to Atlanta. And look at who he replaced, and a guy in Juan Castillo who may have been respected to a certain extent within the Andy Reid tree, but the guy hadn't been coaching in two years before they handed him, you know, they, they basically fired, you know, uh, two assistants that they had and brought him in. And it's like he was the offensive line coach in their, in their run coordinator, and there was just the run game coordinator, and there was, there was just no sense of direction with the team. The same thing with the receivers coach. Now, Mike Fury was a really nice guy. Um, I don't think. I, I, I just I don't understand why he was a receiver coach. You know, you, you bring in a guy uh, like Tolbert who's going to be a lot better. I mean, he's got a good track record as well. And like you pointed out, the same thing with Luke Getzey. They're going to be a more quarterback-friendly offense. And I think that really when you're looking at the Bears and if you're a Bears fan or if you're following the team looking for a sense of optimism, I think that that is placed solely on the coaching staff. And I think that that's really what they're banking on. And, you know, I, you know, I know a lot of people are kind of freaked out with, you know, what happens if Justin Fields has a really good year and Luke Getzey, you know, goes somewhere and gets a head coaching job next year. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys just went through that in Buffalo. Yep. But with that being said, if that happens, that's a good sign. That's right. It's like, would you, would you rather have Josh Allen as a middling quarterback and, and be able to keep Brian Dable? Or would you rather have Josh Allen as a top three to top five quarterback and Brian Dable goes elsewhere and you know you're in good hands because you have the quarterback? Yeah. So it, I think that's, that's kind of the thing there. I'll say the Bears do give me kind of 2017 Bills vibes. There, there is that vibe of like new general manager, new head coach. We've got to clean up a terrible cap situation. We're going to have a ton of dead cap money, but you know what? We're going to set the precedent. precedent. We're going to create a good culture within this locker room, get guys that want to be here, and build from that foundational piece. Uh, they, there is levels and a lot of similarities between, I think, the, the 2022 Chicago Bears and the 2017 Bills. Aaron, tell the folks uh, where they can find your work, what you got coming up, uh, and you know, promo anything you've, you've got going on so that uh, we can, we can uh, hook you up with some listening followers here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can follow me on Aaron or on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. Um, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com and also uh, Windy City Gridiron. And just, I mean, really, it's kind of that slow point in the offseason. There's not really a whole lot going on. I usually try to do one or two things a week. And, you know, we got great teams at both uh, Windy City Gridiron and uh, Bear Report. So, you know, that's pretty much about it, man. I just like, you know, talking, talking sports. And, I mean, honestly, as you know, the majority of what I do is usually on Twitter. And it's, it's usually a pretty volatile and fun place, I guess, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Aaron, uh, you know, obviously, uh, well, you and I will have to chat again this upcoming holiday season when Bill's Bears, uh, is it Christmas Eve? Is that, is that? Yeah, I'm not looking forward no, to that. No, me one. either. Me, me either. But you know what? We'll, we'll chat nonetheless, and uh, I appreciate you making time for us here on WGR on your Saturday morning, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me on anytime. Thanks, my friend. Aaron Lemming there on the West Her Hotline. Going to take a time out. I got to grab two breaks on the other side. Zach Cox of the NESN, the New England Sports Network. That's coming up next year on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, did the thing, went too long, great guest, talking Bears, talking NFC North. Uh, so we've got a timeout again coming up here because Zach Cox of the New England Sports Network is going to join us here right around 12.05. NBC Sports uh, New England had some interesting things, NBC Sports Boston, had some interesting things to say about uh, the state of the coaching staff in New England. We'll talk to Zach about that. That's coming up next here on WGR, so don't go anywhere. We've got more on the Patriots' downfall. That's as good as it gets. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 